we know as adults that we're not all good at everything and school would be just so much more enjoyable for everyone if we were allowed to just explore what we loved Um, but beyond that too the stuff that matters really is the stuff about being human and that is not really taught explicitly in our schools Hello, creative, and welcome to another episode of the Founders and Dreamers series. That clip you just heard is from today's guest, Belinda Jennings. She is the founder of the School of Stuff That Matters, and she's on a mission to really equip today's teens with simple techniques that have life-changing impact so that they can create happy and fulfilling lives. Some of the tools and resources that she's providing are things that I wish that I had when I was a teen, and that's what really called Belinda into this space. So we're going to dive into that today. She's going to share what really inspired her to start the School of Stuff That Matters and just provide you with some insights for those of you who are parents of teens and are really maybe not knowing how to connect more with your teen or maybe finding that your teen is stressed. She shares that 85% of teens have shared that they're stressed and we really want to help our next generation to be able to use the tools that we know are helpful. A lot of these things that she shares today are, you know, things that I wish that I would have had when I was a teen that I didn't realize that maybe I need it. If you're a parent of a teen, then you're not going to want to miss this episode. But before you get into it, I just want to thank the super supporters of the podcast. If you didn't know, you can become a super supporter of the podcast by subscribing for a monthly fee. There are a couple different options available and it does help with producing the show and just bringing these episodes to you. And so if you're interested, I will have it linked in the show notes. You will be given special gifts provided by some of the guests when available and I will also be doing monthly shout outs. Thank you again to those of you who have already become super supporters. I greatly appreciate your support. And the last thing that I want to mention before we get into the episode is that I am continuing to do deep dives with those of you who are feeling called to start something new or in transition. I mentioned this in my last episode, if maybe you didn't hear, but I really want to connect with those of you who are feeling called to start something but are lacking clarity. That was the whole reason and thought process behind this podcast and I've been connecting with a lot of you over the last couple weeks and I'm learning a lot of really beautiful insights. If this speaks to you, I will have a link in the show notes so you can book a deep dive with me. If for some reason you don't see a day or time that works for you, uh, you can also email me as well and we can coordinate. With that, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the show, Belinda. She is the founder of the School of Stuff That Matters. With over 20 years of teaching experience, she is on a mission to equip today's teens with simple techniques that have life-changing impact so they can create happy and fulfilling lives. Thank you so much for being on the show, Belinda. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thanks, Nadia. It's really, really great to be here. Yeah, so I know we were just kind of touching base on the fact that what you're doing, this work is just so needed right now. And I know for me, as someone who kind of had like a rebellious phase during my teen years growing up here on Maui, um, there was just a lot of complexities. And I remember feeling a lot of pressures to do certain things and to be a specific way, but then also wanting to just, you know, be free and have fun and enjoy life. Uh, I've touched on this a little bit on the podcast. My mom was really, really sick when I was in high school. And so that made things even more challenging for me. And so I really would love to hear, you know, what drew you into this space? Because I know even now with, you know, I can't even imagine the social pressures around just, you know, with social media and expectations around young kids today. Uh, what really kind of called you into the space and to do this work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love everything you just said. That resonated with me too, just being a teen and Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that drive to do what you love. And I think that's really missing from the education system. Yes. Um, and so being a teacher, seeing the gaps there for our students and that, yeah, that there is an opportunity for them to just explore what they love and leave aside the things that maybe they're not enjoying. Uh, there's this pressure to, to be good at everything and to be a good student, you have to you know, get A pluses in maths and A pluses in English when, you know, we know as adults that we're not all good at everything. Right. And school would be just so much more enjoyable for everyone if we were allowed to just explore what we loved. Um, but beyond that too, the stuff that matters really is the stuff about being human and that is not really taught explicitly in our schools and I'm seeing more and more of it now there's lots of um, workshops and people speaking and programs available and things like mindfulness and and all of that as well so I cover a lot of that in the the courses that I offer but the fact too that there's within the education system it's really hard to get it in there in a meaningful way for those students because it might not necessarily, like teachers that have to teach it and they might not necessarily be passionate about it. So the same thing, you know, doing what you love. If you're a passionate maths teacher and you're forced to do this well-being stuff, it's just not going to resonate with the students. And same as when you're a student and you love maths because of the maths teacher that you have and you don't like it the next year because of the math teacher you have. It's not just about the subject that's being taught, it's about the relationship that's built. So I'm not imagining that the programs that I deliver for students are going to be, you know, across the world and everybody needs to do it my way and listen to me, but it's about being another voice out there um, that hopefully connects with some people who need to hear it. Right. And it's all that stuff is, that I've learnt as an adult that I'm sure that you have that you think, wow, why didn't I learn this when I was a young person? Um, all those those questions, the big questions you have when you're a teen, you know, what's my place in the world? Who am I? You're navigating all of that, but there's not really big discussions about it, nor the time and the space to explore it. Right. And you're seen, it's almost like adults the adult world sees that as um, selfish and, you know, uh, narcissistic and, you know, teens think they know everything. but Yeah, but that they're self-absorbed and that sort of thing. And I just think, no, they're not self-absorbed. They're self-exploring and we're not giving them enough opportunity to, to really know who they are. That's a big answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, no, and I, I'm curious if you feel very strongly that it should be included in the educational system or is it? do you think it is better that it's kind of this separate entity that maybe parents or teens themselves kind of seek out? Well, I think probably a bit of both. I think education needs a big reform and there's plenty of people who are, mm-hmm. aren't learning maths in school in a way that works for them and are finding other ways to fill that gap outside of the education system, whether it be a tutor that they connect with or um, YouTube tutorials, Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of places to go outside the education system. But I think if all of this stuff was presented and students had a choice about where they, they found the content and that it was a normal part of education, that would make a big difference. But then to just go in and roll out a six-week program on mental health kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing. Like six weeks isn't going to do it justice and and it might not necessarily be coming from somebody with who everybody in the school is going to resonate with. Right. No, that's so true. And these are things that I can definitely see would have benefited me during those years. And I just think about my daughter as well who's – still young and in her elementary years, but I think about that for her of, you know, the tools and the things that we need that can help us get through these things that we didn't necessarily have or realize that we even, that they would benefit us at that age. No, that's right. And I don't know if you can remember, but when I was that age, I was thinking the big things. It was a real deep philosophical Mm -hmm. time for me. 
and my friends talking about what are we even here for and it's you know why are we on this planet and we're we're floating around in space and isn't that amazing and weird and why is everyone just working and and going along their their days without even going oh wow I'm stuck on a planet and and those sorts of things and it's like the adult world isn't having those conversations in the in the school system anyway if you if you expand your education and you start reading other books and following other people you'll see that lots of adults are having those conversations but in our science classrooms we're not talking about that right no I think that's so true and I'm curious because I know you have older kids are you starting to notice kind of things that they're struggling with that are maybe different or similar to what you kind of experience? Is that sort of part of some of the programs that you've created or is it really more based on kind of what you remember experiencing? Yeah, well, that's I can't even fathom what it's like for teens today with social media. Like as much yeah. as you try to put yourself in that position, you just can't because they've grown up with it too. They've grown up with phones from such an early age um so I don't even pretend to know what that's like and how to navigate all of that obviously we talk about how how they're using technology and how it makes them feel and their feelings being the biggest guidance for what they need to do but then we've seen social dilemma as well I don't know if you've seen that yes I just recently watched it so that was great for them to see and that but that prompted one of my children to to jump off Facebook. Um, mm. But he was only off it for a week, which is just, yeah, it's addictive. Um, it is. Yeah. yeah. So not so much my children but more probably my students and seeing them struggle and oh, them feeling, just realising that they feel bad because they're not doing well at school and <laughs> And it's not that they're failing school, it's that the education system is failing them. And that's not to say, you know, I don't agree with school and teachers are bad. Like I think just the way the system is set up, it's really hard for teachers. Most teachers are there because they want to make a difference and because they love young people and they're passionate about their subject. But they're forced into doing things that they don't really value either, like checking to make sure that kids have the right socks on right yeah yeah no I think it's yeah it's it's interesting times I know I've sort of joked with my friends that I grew up with of oh I'm so happy we didn't have social media but then I think it's actually not really funny you know it is a little bit more serious or a lot more serious than I think we realize and like teens are kind of at the forefront of that especially like you said you know they grew up with this their whole life and I think Mm. about my daughter like she's always had access you know to being online and even now with distance learning they're just online and it doesn't seem like that's really being incorporated in the right way with what they're doing at school no no and I think back to some of the times when I was a teen too that were public and shameful and think, mm-hmm. wow, what if that had been recorded and that was still still out there? Right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's a huge, huge thing to navigate. I think, on the most part, my kids are doing pretty well with it. We have open conversations and, you know, just that thing too of it's not just something that you say to someone once it's in a text or it's a photo and it's a text and it's online, it doesn't matter if it's Snapchat and it deletes pretty much immediately, people can screenshot it. So you need to be 100% okay with whatever you're putting out there in the world. Right. Um, it's almost, yeah, over, really like overanalyzing, overthinking before you even share it. Because, yes. Yeah, anyone can have access and do with it what they want to, good or bad, which is, yeah, it's very very challenging it is it's also um I think would challenge friendships as well you trust Mm -hmm. is such a big part of friendships now that you could send something to one of your friends and trust that they're not going to share it Mm -hmm. yeah as an adult there's very few people I trust that much right that's Mm -hmm. true 
Yeah, you have sort of your close friends who you feel like you could tell something to and they wouldn't say anything, but that's not necessarily the same in the younger years. Yeah, you learn that through mistake, unfortunately, by trusting exactly. the wrong people. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear sort of what do you feel like some of the biggest challenges are that teens are facing? And I know you've developed some hmm. kind of tips and things, methodologies that can kind of help yeah through that. I'd love to hear kind of yeah I what did, you're yeah on. I started with a course called stress less just because okay the figures for uh teens who have experienced stress are just out of this world it's like 83 percent have experienced stress in the last 12 months and oh, wow. yeah unless you've got tools for that you are just going to be in a stress spiral um so really addressing not just the practical things that we all know, like breathing, um, taking a bath, getting out in nature, all of those sorts of things, but the thinking behind it. And I think we're not taught at school that our thoughts aren't us. We don't even really talk about our thoughts. Um, and yeah, separating the thinking from who you are and being able to observe it and look at it and question it, but in a loving way, not a way where you get in a battle with yourself. Um, so you're looking at the thinking pieces and how you can shift your thinking from from victim sort of mentality when something happens, oh, why does this always happen to me and things are horrible and it's never going to get better, back to a, a more positive thrive a sort of thinking okay well what have I learnt from this how can I reframe it how can this be a good thing that's happened to me what will I do next time and what can I do now um so yeah learning how to move from a reactive state to a responsive state and I I was like 40 when I realized oh wow I've been going through my life reacting to things from a really emotional place like being triggered all the young people know what the word trigger means now but mm. probably they don't understand or haven't been taught that it's a trigger is a place from from your childhood wounds and from those parts of you that don't feel worthy and that this is the biggest thing for me Nadia we all have that feeling yes. like this is part of being human we all have the I'm not good enough. Is there something wrong with me? But we're just not talking about it. Right. No, it's so true. And as you're talking about this, I'm thinking back to my teen years of, yeah, just different things that I was going through and did not think to use any, didn't even really know about any of these tools. This is something I personally came to later in life as well, just journaling and mindfulness practices and connecting back with myself and yeah, not feeling like my feelings were wrong or that they, I should question them or doubt them that it is just part of me going through my life experience and to be a teen and not realize that, or to, you know, to, to question that maybe something is wrong with you when it is totally normal. I feel like, you know, that's why what you're doing is just so needed because I, we overlook for some reason, I think unless we have teenagers or kids ourselves, we kind of overlook that phase of just like, like you said earlier, that's just how they are. And they're just, you know, rebellious and they just want to do their own thing. And, and really it's, they need more guidance and, and mm. what you're doing, these, these tips and these insights to help them realize that it's just part of growing up and experiencing life. Yeah. Oh, and the parenting piece in it too is, Mm. It's quite amazing for me, all the shifts that I've had, I've seen my relationships with my kids completely change. Um, yeah, and it's because I've moved from seeing their behaviour as something about me and realising that it's actually about them. So even to know mm. that as a teen, that your friends aren't acting like that because of you, they're acting like that because of them. And right. if they're treating you a certain way, it says something about what's going on for them, not who you are. Mm -hmm. And learning to, it's kind of like a paradox really, but learning how to detach um, from expectation and outcome and all of those things but still have a connection with people and that your right. connection actually increases the less 
you expect, but then you still have to have standards, all of that. So this is all the stuff that I'm working on covering and, and getting out there and providing young people not just the information but stories that help um yeah help them relate to it so stories from when I was a teen and even when I was an adult things little things that have happened but then the most important part is the the action so what how can they look at their life now what can they take from what they've just heard how can they apply it and some things you know might not apply and they don't need to sit down and do a, a worksheet on it well, not a worksheet but more like journaling prompts and giving them that space and time to think about themselves because yeah I don't have all the answers no one has all the answers but everyone has all their own answers but we just aren't given time to to tap into that like you said about with your feelings when you're a teen we're not taught to trust those feelings either Right. Hmm. No, no, it's so true. And I, you know, I feel like I was in my 20s when I realized that if someone treated me poorly, it was a reflection of what they were dealing with. And I find myself teaching that to my daughter a lot, because even, you know, in elementary school, they they deal with the way they're being treated and not not so nice of a way. And but I think it even comes even more fold in your teen years when you develop those stronger friendships with people and then you don't really understand why they're treating you a certain way and you do think it's really about you and something you did and it's the opposite mm. in a lot of cases. And so, yeah, I'm really, it's beautiful that you're touching on that. Yeah, and also the um, oh, the expectations that you have of your friends drop away when you get older too. Like if someone mm-hmm. forgot my birthday now, I it just would not phase me. I know that the friends that I have in my life love me and those things don't matter. And if they cancel on me, it doesn't matter. I know they've mm-hmm. got their reasons. Um, but back when I was younger, those things would turn into a great big drama. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my, how could she and da-da-da. When really, yeah, they're not statements of a, a true friendship for me. So, and and they might be for other people, and that's okay too. But learning what things are important to you in a friendship, and making sure that those boxes are ticked, and that you're not settling for a friendship that doesn't feel doesn't fill you up or uh, doesn't make you feel good. Right. Exactly. No, and I remember those days too. Now, and I feel. Now, especially as a mother and with other friends that have parents, just giving a lot of leeway of they have kids, they have things going on. I can't, I'm not putting myself above whatever it is that they have going on. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't have a really beautiful friendship. It's just, it's life and we're adults and we have all these moving parts now. So I think that's really important because I do remember that for myself as well, getting really upset about things Mm. like that. People forgetting my birthday or not showing up if I invited them to something. And so... I can only imagine that teens are dealing with that even more and seeing on social media Mm -hmm. that maybe someone missed your birthday and went to this other thing with another friend or, you know, and how that's going to, yeah, just cause a lot of just, I feel like in a sense, negative emotions or feelings about yourself when it really isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And creating drama. And I think that's a really good thing. If there's drama going on in your life, well, what's going on for you internally that, this stuff is happening mm-hmm. and to always bring it back to well yeah that principle as well wasn't taught in school your external world and what you're seeing is a direct reflection of your internal world and spend time mm-hmm. getting that internal world right and that takes that takes work and thinking and feeling and all these things that are just so not left brain and school education system Right. No, it's so true. And I'm curious to hear, so perhaps there's a parent or parents listening that are feeling like something that you're offering would benefit their kid, but maybe their child is not necessarily open to it or there's some resistance there. Um, What kind of tips and insights can you give for parents that feel like this would be beneficial for their kids? I think 
Yeah, that's a really hard one because I I wouldn't force my kids to do something that that they weren't into. Again, follow right. what you're interested in. So I would just show them some videos or send them some links um, but not force it and just wait until they ask as well, kind of like that theory that when a kid's ready to ride a bike, they will ask for a bike um, and be led by them and just focus on doing your own stuff and telling your own stories and sharing your own experiences and being really vulnerable with them. That was the biggest shift for me. Like when I had conflict with my kids, I was able to come back and sit at the table with them at dinner and go, oh, I got so upset by that and I realised that it had nothing to do with what you were doing. It made me remember a time that, you know, my dad had done this and I felt like this and it brought up all these feelings and that's why I reacted and I'm really sorry. But in future too, I would like it if you would do this and, you know, have big chats like that where I was recognising and being aware of my part in things instead of, uh, being this parent that had all the answers and was right and and the boss and knew better and you just do what I say because I say so. And our re- our relationship completely changed. It's, defin- it's definitely one where they come to me now. Like my, my teen, my middle child, and I call him my challenging child and not in a bad way. Like I probably in the past would have called him difficult, but now I call him challenging because he – the way he is challenges me to be a better parent and to think about how I'm parenting and question it. And yeah, just had the most beautiful moment last week where he asked me how my relationship was going. And then I just went, Oh, okay. He's what's, what's going on for him. And I said, how are you going? And he opened up about troubles that he was having and asked for advice and, and then I sent him a link. I So I did some research because I thought, well, I, I don't know. It was a really good question too. It was about trust oh. and boundaries. And it's like there is no rule for those things. They are. This is you finding out about you and what you're prepared to put up with in a relationship, what feels bad, what feels good, trusting those things, learning how to communicate. Um, and my advice to him was, well, you have to have an open conversation about how you feel because otherwise it's going to come out in other ways um, and you'll be acting a certain way or you'll be suspicious or jealous or something like that. And, yeah, I sent him a couple of articles and he read them and he's not a reader either. He's a, mm. he's a tradie. So when I picked him up from work, I said, I sent you an article. He goes, yeah, I read it. I was like, oh, good, was that helpful, oh, wow. yeah. So, oh, that's yeah. So, yeah, I would say don't don't force them and don't be like, oh, you need to do this. Um, it would just be like modelling stuff and saying, like I've been telling my kids how I've been struggling with lockdown and checking in with them. How are you going? I really struggled like last weekend because of this and this and, and then these are the things that I'm doing to try and make myself feel better. Um, yeah, whether it be have a big cry and and let it out and just remembering the things that make me feel good, so making sure I exercise every day and that I eat healthy food and that I reach out to a friend for a chat, put some good music on, all those things. Yeah. Hmm. No, I think that's really beautiful. And yeah, we haven't really thought too much. I shouldn't say we, but I think overall as a society, it's really geared towards what's happening now in 2020 with, you know, adults and people who have lost their jobs and income related and families. And I don't know if we're really paying as close attention to our kids as we should be, you know, it's kind of like, I know we're doing a lot of homeschool and distance learning, but that's just kind of the the kind of basics of getting through school not like you said more of the mindfulness practices and how are they really feeling and dealing with all this because of course it's impacting them even though it's different in a lot of ways because they're maybe in a different space it's still like how much are we really paying attention to how they feel about everything that's going going on on. because I just think you know it's going to impact them moving forward and 
into getting into being adults and yeah well not to be dramatic but it kind of is a collective trauma isn't it right yes yes I would agree and we've all we'll all have a different story about it um and it's all impacted us really differently but yeah then like I said I'm always um cup is half full and I know from the trauma that I've had in my life the most beautiful things have grown so I I really believe that from this the world will be in a in different shape in 10 years or so it will impact in a really good way we'll like we'll heal from it and learn from it and hopefully some of the things that yeah the I'm the left brain I'm really bagging the left brain today but the left brain structures of the world will drop away a bit like that whole nine to five have to go to work and be at Mm -hmm. your desk from nine to five to be doing your job and we've all just proven within a few short months that no we we actually don't need to be at a physical location to to do our work and that we don't necessarily have to do it from nine to five to do it well either exactly yeah it's a very outdated system Mm. this nine to five (laughs) nine to five work definitely and even so i love to kind of oh sorry just school as well oh no right we've all always been talking about technology and blended learning and and it was always seemed too hard to do and then yeah within a few weeks we did it (laughs) right exactly (laughs) we've shown what is possible yeah yeah, I think beautiful change will come from it. And, yeah, I don't know what it's like for our young people. I can only just sort of look at my three children and, and watch them and I think maybe parents have probably become a bit hypervigilant as well about looking at their children to make sure they're okay and taking on board their their stress. Um but yeah, my kids seem to be adapting pretty well. One, oh, that's cool. yeah, the middle one again. We were having a conversation about. It. He goes, "I feel like, you know, it's just made me so grateful for all the things that I never really stopped to appreciate." And he listed off about five or six things. And oh wow! I was like, "Yeah, that's really good." And how long do you think until you just take those things for granted again? And he's like, three weeks." <laughs> Three weeks. Right. Well at least he made he has made a connection. I'm sure it'll come back to him. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know, you know, if for those of the teens maybe listening or the parents listening who do go through some of these techniques and things that you talked about and really connecting back to themselves, what benefits can you see? as they move into adulthood, because I know for a lot of people listening in, especially who are in that kind of dreamy idea stage or feeling called to start something, but kind of feel all over the place. I love to kind of hear how this can really help them with just being more clear and, and more focused as they move into what it is that they do feel called to do with their lives. Yeah. Well, again, I think yeah, the career pathway stuff in our school really needs to be looked at. And, yes. and and the fact that half the jobs that will exist in 10 to 15 years probably don't exist now. There's just new new ways of earning a living being created all the time. Um, but, yeah, I would say the self-belief stuff is really important there in believing that the things that you want to do and the things that make you excited they're the things you should be pursuing. They're your natural, well, God-given if you want to use the term God, but just you've been born with those to pursue them for a reason. So just less self-doubt, I guess, less questioning about who you are and your place in the world and that everybody has something to offer. Um have I answered your question? Yes, no, you definitely have. And one thing that kind of pops to mind is, do you think that this will also shift the school system? Like you talked about how it's going to shift 
you know, the way we work and, and jobs, what jobs and things will be available, do you think this will change the school system and maybe evolve to include some of these more practices or to help people mm-hmm. really connect back to themselves? Or do you think it's going to kind of keep going the way it's going? Because I mean, even when I was in school in high school, I feel like it was an outdated system <laughs> then. And, and it seems like we're just kind of still doing the same thing and seeing how it's not working in so many ways. Um, do you think that it will shift or? Yeah, that's the thing that blows my mind, Nadia, that I'm like, school is the same now as when I was a teenager. And yet we mm. have the internet now, like it's nuts. Um, and yeah, I was the same. I was 15 going, why are we learning this? What's the point of this? What do I need to know this for? I was always that kid. Why do we need to know this? When am I going to use this in the real world? Um, To answer your question, I think probably both things are going to happen. School is going to stay the same in a lot of places, but there will be innovation and more alternative opportunities that spring up because of it and there'll be probably more people homeschooling and sticking with homeschooling after what they've been Mm -hmm. through and seeing that their kids are actually thriving and there'll be some that yeah well I mean the education system does work for some kids but in my opinion it works for about two two kids and they're the kids that feel good at what they do they have photographic memories they're good at regurgitating um and they're compliant they're not the kids that are challenging and questioning right no I think that's so true and I I definitely do see that just in yeah just my experience with my daughter we homeschooled for a little while and then we've had her at school and it's just yeah it's interesting to see how some of the things are just they're just the same and it's interesting how it hasn't evolved and and sort of included more in a sense like diversity in the classroom and I know that can be hard when it's just one teacher and all these students but I think we've seen over time especially with things like Montessori and and different types of methods of teaching that there are different ways to teach and it really does depend on the person and the way that they learn and their style Mm, and how the teacher is taught to teach well and I think my big thing now, I'm still teaching and I teach online, but I've taken the emphasis off teaching content and I'm more about teaching students. So it's less about what we have to get through. And I'm in a fortunate position. I'm not teaching year 12 um, or final year Mm -hmm. students where they have exams. So I don't have to worry about getting through a certain amount of content and making sure they're prepared for that exam which that whole thing is just ridiculous as well, I think. Yeah. Like when in adult life do you ever sit an exam again? Right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. 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 So I'd love for you to speak on if anyone is perhaps listening who maybe is a teacher now or somehow in the educational space and maybe is sort of inspired by what you're doing and, wants to go down a similar path if you have any kind of tips that have sort of helped you with starting your business and kind of getting into this space Mm, um yeah well to realize if you are a frustrated teacher in a school that you can you can have change within your classroom but probably the biggest change you could do is to offer stuff that you really want to speak about outside of school um and that you absolutely can do that now because of the internet. So I think there's a, a maths teacher that has a, a YouTube channel, Eddie Wu, and he's got millions of followers now and he's gone outside of his classroom walls to teach in the way that he wants to teach. So, if yeah, if you feel compelled to do that and offer more of what you went into teaching for and and you're not feeling like you're fulfilled within the education system absolutely absolutely you can do both Um, and the more adults that are talking about this sort of stuff and offering spaces and places and room for teenagers to explore it the more normalized it will seem and the more natural and the more part of part of being human and of growing up and 
and that sort of experience it's going to be for them. So it's not going to be like this. Like remember when meditation first came out, it was all like woo woo. <laughs> yes, yes. And now it's just like oh yeah, science is in. Science has caught up, and meditation is really important. Um, right. Yeah. And I, I don't. Exactly. There are schools that are doing this stuff too. So I think primary tends to do it a lot better than secondary school, mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm glad you shared that because I feel like there is definitely the shift, like just like what we talked about with everything going on in 2020, that people are seeing what is possible in these new sort of avenues and that if you aren't fulfilled in the system that you're working in, that you can go outside of it. It's never been more possible than now. Mm. And so I think it's it's amazing that you're starting to pave that way and, and really show people that there is another way and yeah, yeah it's, just, it's wonderful well tyler tolman was the the inspiration for that i think just his whole methodology mm. so he he's um he's all about health and well-being and that you can heal yourself through removing toxins from your life and eating good food etc and yes. his business model is working beautifully and he's having massive impact in people's lives like they are saving themselves from cancer and not going through cancer treatment or anything like that. And I realised, oh, he didn't go and try and change the hospitals. He didn't try and change the medical system. Instead, he gave the information straight to the people and empowered them and allowed them to make their own choices. Uh, And I think the more we can do that with young people and put education in their hands, so... You know, the fact too that there's Udemy and all these online courses in everything that students could actually now have a complete online education in everything that they love to do um, and they could, yeah, plan their own curriculum just by yes. being driven by what they love. Oh, I want to learn how to bake a cake. Okay, I'm going to watch that on YouTube and, you know, who knows where that's going to end up following your passion. Yes, I know. And I'm excited to see how things shift as, yeah, as we transition more into this new way of being, because it's, it's just so needed, I think, for helping people to feel like they know what they're meant to do and they feel a sense of purpose because they see that so much where people just don't know their purpose Mm. and really being able to express and experiment and try these different things is really part of that process of just creating and experiencing leads you there. Yeah, absolutely. And just what different people you end up with. Again, the middle child, he didn't like school, didn't do well at it. Mm. He wasn't engaged. He would send me texts going, do you ever stop to think that we're on the planet just floating in space and the teachers are telling you to not swing back on your chair? Like, <laughs> and, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, didn't do his homework, could copy other people's homework. So in a way he had valuable lessons in, in efficiency yes. and that sort of thing um, yes. and, and getting through a system in the best way he could. But then he got a, an apprenticeship. And completely different person. He wouldn't get out of bed for school. He gets out of bed on his own at like 5.30 in the morning, makes his own lunch and breakfast. He's Yeah, and he's got purpose and meaning. He loves it. He loves creating mm-hmm. something from nothing. He loves working with people. He loves pro- problem solving. And one of the best things I think he said to me, I said, what did you learn today? And on the way home from work one day and he said, oh, and I was just thinking practical, like how to do skirting boards or whatever. And he said, I learnt that it's really important that we do our job really well because the people coming in after us have to work with what we've done. I'm like, mm. that's awesome. Oh. Yeah. Yes, so, and I love that. His teachers wouldn't have seen any of that thinking of him because it was limited to to him doing maths worksheets so he yeah right yeah just that structured 
work and not really being able to experiment and yeah and, and just try different things on and really cater to your own strengths because we all are born with and our strengths. own strengths yeah so wow that's beautiful I'm, I'm i'm glad he came to these realizations and i can see how the work you're doing is making such an impact on him and and others so i think it's like i said i just think it's it's amazing that you are feeling called into this space and it's just so needed right now yeah, it definitely is. And he would, I'm telling you now, my middle child, he would not do one of my courses. <laughs> mm. But he still listens. And sometimes if I see him eye rolling, I'm like, yeah, all right, that's the end of my TED talk for today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I got a bit excited and passionate. But, um, yeah, mostly he's learning from me through my own learning as well. And me articulating that and and being open about my shifts and my realizations and yeah. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I know you've touched on so many beautiful things today, but I always do like to sort of end the podcast with just kind of an action to leave the listener with. And I'm thinking that maybe it should be geared more towards maybe an action for the parents and maybe for a teen, even though um, I'm not sure how many teens are actually listening. You never know. And maybe it's a wisdom that their parent can kind of pass on, um, to their kids. So if there's anything you kind of want to leave us with to sort of move forward into this direction, I'd love to hear your insights. Hmm. Um, my number one action would be a parent led thing, I think. And that would be to, have dinner together every night and at the tin, at the dinner table ask what was the highlight of your day um and that's something that I've done for about 2 years now and I think it has been the most transformational tiny thing that I've done that doesn't take a lot of work or effort or um it's just simple and I've phrased it in different ways at different times but it works because it's become part of our routine now. And as soon as you ask that question, instead of saying, how was your day, which you can get the grunt to, like, huh, yeah, um, <laughs> yes. you're not answering a, just a yes or a no or a good or a bad sort of question. It's more open-ended. And because they have to think back through their day, looking for the good things that happened you're actually wiring their brain to look through the day for the good things that happened um so it's like a mindset hack I guess that your kids won't even know that you're doing and it will just wire them to start looking for the good and then yes from that too they tell you things that they weren't going to tell you otherwise that they wouldn't have just offered freely and they learn to all listen to each other's experience from the day. So we all take it in turns. There's just a rule like when someone's talking about the highlight of their day, everybody is listening to that person. It's not conversation. It's just sharing. Um, and then we might ask a few questions afterwards. But, it, yeah, so it connects you as well. And, and then they ask you too and it's a really good opportunity to share the things that you're learning still as an adult. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yes. No, I love that. It's a beautiful action. I love the simple, something simple and easy you can do that you can remember to do every day. And yeah, I think that's really important that you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a gratitude practice as well, I guess. Yes, yeah. definitely. Hmm. But without yeah, saying to your teen, oh, you should try a gratitude practice because I'm um, yeah, right. just gonna go, yeah, yeah, mum, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be as into it. I understand that. Yeah, that's good for me. This is good insight for me for when my daughter is older. Just some ways to phrase certain things and kind of make it part of the conversation a little bit more naturally, sort of kind of forcing things. Mm. Yeah, do share your own stuff with them though. I think your own struggles. Yeah, and not in a way that yeah. you're, you know, burdening your kids with your problems or anything, but just share your inner world with them like, oh, yesterday I was feeling like this and then this and this happened and 
just as an observer sort of, isn't it interesting? Aren't humans funny? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Yes, lots of things to pull from there. So, yeah, I'd love to hear uh, what you have to offer for anyone who's listening in who feels like this is something that is needed for them or for their their children, their teens. And, um, yeah, where can they find you and connect Mm. with you to kind of learn more about it? Yeah, definitely come and follow me on Facebook and Instagram and all those things and my website, schoolofstuffthatmatters.com. And at the moment I've got the Stressless course Um, I'm starting an art workshop so just um, that was inspired by the social dilemma and what can you do instead of scrolling and just doing a nighttime art practice just really simple art activities not to create art but just to unwind your mind it's called unwind your mind Uh, that one's live and it's in Australian time so it might not work for some listeners but then I will move it in I'll take the recordings and move it into a little offering as well and then in the coming months I've got heaps planned little bite-sized courses just things like the happiness trick habits that stick relationship things as well relationships was a big one for me what boundaries actually are how to protect yourself Um, what to do when you feel pretty crap, Um, self-love, so a little mini course called Perfectly Imperfect, how you will find just as you are Um, and that self-love is a practice, not just something that you're born with. It's like a muscle. You have to build it. So, yeah, lots coming. So I guess just follow me on all of the social media places so that you get updates when new content is released yes beautiful creative i will have everything linked in the show notes for you so you can check out belinda and her incredible work i'm so happy that you were able to come on the show today and share your work and i know it's going to help a lot of people thanks nadia thank you for having me Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a positive review. Check out workyourmood.com and come get more inspiration on Instagram. I'll chat with you next time.